grace and mercy and peace are yours. From God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. God's word for our meditation this morning is our epistle lesson from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Paul writes by inspiration of the Spirit. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the word of the Lord. Your life speaks. Your life speaks to what is important to you. What's valuable to you? What's what your priorities are? And maybe it's good for us to pause once in a while and, and ask ourselves, what, what is my life speaking of? What am I showing the people around me is important? What's really valuable? But you might not be the best judge of that because you can get kind of inward thinking and think, you know, just about yourself. And so maybe it'd be good to ask the people who live with you, who live around you, and ask them what your life speaks of. What your priorities are. What's important to you. But maybe even the people right around you might be a little biased too. So what if, what if a stranger would follow you around in a not creepy way? What if they follow you around for a month and see what you do with your time? Where do you go? What you watch on TV, what you look at on the internet, how you spend your free time. Maybe check out your bank account and see how you spend your money. If a stranger who doesn't know you at all would walk around and follow you around for a month, what would they say your life speaks of? What would your life show them is important to you and what's valuable and what's a priority to you? Good for us to consider once in a while, isn't it? We have been taking a look at this prodigal love of God for the last few weeks. We've been marveling that God would love sinners like us. And just to give you a recap, the last few weeks, just in case you missed a Sunday or you weren't able to be here, or if you were here, it doesn't hurt to get a recap as well. Right, back in week one, we, we, we saw how God, our Father, loves lost sons. We took a look at that parable of the lost son, which... You know, we identified probably is better known as, should be known as the parable of the lost sons. Because you've got the one son who's been really bad. And he thinks he can come back to his father's house and earn his father's love back. And then you've got the other son, the older son, who is just as lost because he thought he had earned the father's love by being very good. 
both sons were completely lost because the father loved them, not because of what they did or didn't do, but because he just loves them, because he's their father. And what a beautiful picture of how our God loves us. It's not about how much good we do or how much bad we've done and we've tried to make up for it. No, he just loves us because he's our father. That's a prodigal love. That's a reckless love. In the second week, we saw that, that illustration from the Old Testament where Hosea is told to marry this promiscuous woman and have a family with her. And then she goes off and cheats on him, and God tells her, go and buy her back and bring her back and be faithful to her and love her again. A beautiful picture of how our father is also like a husband to us. Perfectly faithful. Committed to his promises. Even when we are unfaithful. That's a prodigal love. That's a reckless love. We don't deserve that love, but God shows it anyway. And then last week, we got to see in our lesson from Romans that by nature, we're enemies of God. We're, we're, we're separated from him. We're hostile to him. But yet, while we were still sinners, even while we're his enemies, Christ dies for us. He reconciles us to himself, makes peace with us. It's all his doing. Friends, this prodigal love is just, it's incomprehensible. <laughs> we can't even begin to mind the depths of this love that God has for sinners like us. We know this love. We desire to live in this love and know this love more and more and more. But also, today, this prodigal love is not just for me. It's for every human being. That God loves a whole world of sinners. And that this love has been shown to me, yes, to bring me peace, to bring me joy in my life and hope beyond this life, but, but it's also been given to me to share, to make it known. And that's what Paul writes about here by inspiration of the Spirit in our lesson from 2 Corinthians. And, and it's not real long, so let's just walk through it and, and just be reminded again of this prodigal love, but again, what we're called to do with it. He starts out, verse 18, all this is from God. And right away, well, what's all this? It's not printed in your service folder, the, the verses before. So if you don't have your Bible open, you're like, I don't know what this is talking about. Well, just before this, Paul has been writing about how God has taken us from death and now to life. From being apart from God to being with God. From being something old to something new. And all of this is from God. It's all God's doing. It's all by his grace. It's not what we do, but what is done by him. All this is from God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ. And, and we focused on that word for a while in our Romans lesson last week in the sermon, that reconciling. Right? That's to take two people who are at odds. There's hostility, maybe enemies, and, and to bring them together, to repair that relationship, to bring peace. And that is what our God has done between us and him. Through Christ, we are reconciled to him. We're no longer enemies, we're friends. We're no longer apart, we're close. We're part of his family. God has reconciled us to himself through Christ. At the end, he describes that reconciliation. Verse 21, he says, this is reconciliation. God made him, Jesus, to be no, who had no sin, to become sin for us. Jesus takes our sins on himself and goes to that cross and he suffers and he dies our punishment so that now God looks at us so that we can become the righteousness of God. So now God looks at us through Christ and he sees 
holiness, righteousness, what we need to be with God and live with God right now. That's reconciliation through Christ. And now this message of reconciliation, Paul says, has been given to us. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he's committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Friends, this message of reconciliation is so clear. It's just right there. It's on the pages of Scripture. It's undeniable. But this message of reconciliation is not just for us to believe and to trust in and to find our hope and our peace and our joy in, but it's, this message has been committed to us. And that word there where it says this, this has been committed to us means it's, it's been placed in our hands. It's been set upon us to do what with it? To proclaim it. To be Christ's ambassadors. To speak on his behalf as if God were making his appeal through us. God uses us, sinful, broken human beings, to make this reconciliation known to the world. Who better than those who have been reconciled to God to proclaim, be reconciled to God? Who better to be an ambassador than those of us who have experienced that grace and that love and that peace of God through Christ Jesus? An ambassador is someone who simply just speaks a message they've been given. They don't come up with their own ideas. They don't change it in any way. They simply speak what they've been told to speak, and that's what we do. That is what we have been called to do, is to simply speak what we know. Be reconciled to God. This love is not only for us to know and to live in and to grow in, but this prodigal love of our God has been given to us to proclaim, to make known, to share this message, to be his ambassadors. That's what our lives are about. That's what a Christian life is to speak of to the world. And it happens not just in far off distant places. I, and I'm not telling you, about start collecting money to, to make a mission trip over to Africa and China. That's not a bad thing, but if you're not in a position to be able to do that, that's okay. Because being Christ's ambassador, proclaiming the message of reconciliation, it starts right where you are, right in your home with your spouse who sins, with your child who sins, with your grandchild, with a friend, whoever it is in your life, someone that you love dearly, you get to proclaim to them, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin, he became sin for you so that you might become the righteousness of God. We get to share that with each other. How can we not? want to lead each other to repentance out of love for one another and proclaim that reconciliation to one another. Yes, reconciliation horizontally, but, but vertically. You are reconciled to God through Christ Jesus. 
Right? Don't you want people in your life to do that for you? To offer you that peace and that forgiveness of Christ? How can we not do that for one another? But, but it's not just for Christians. It's not just for the Christians in our lives. Because as Paul is inspired to write, he says that God was reconciling the world to himself. This is a message for absolutely every human being, for every single sinner. That on that cross, Jesus did everything to pay for every sin. Every single sin. And so this is a message of reconciliation we have to share with even people who don't know Christ. We get to proclaim, be reconciled to God. Yeah. Including that Mormon neighbor. Who thinks that they're reconciled to God by th all the good things that they do in their life. You get to proclaim the, me the message of true reconciliation through Christ. Yes, that coworker, Who somehow, you're not sure how they found out you were a Christian. You were trying to keep that a secret. They found out, and now they're asking you questions? What do I say? Yeah, them too. You have the message of reconciliation to be Christ's ambassador, to proclaim what God has done for them. Yeah, that neighbor who lives on the other side of you, who came out in conversation that they don't believe there's a God. <laughs> that, that Bible, that's, that's all just, you know, hocus pocus stuff. There's no afterlife. You know, the only purpose of life is just to be a good person. You have been entrusted with the message of reconciliation. Oh, there is a God. And he loves you. And look what he's done for you. So that you can know what happens after the grave. That there is something more than just this life. You get to proclaim this message of reconciliation to a family member. Who you know is weighed down with guilt shame for their sins of the past, all the people that they've hurt, and they wonder, how could God ever love someone like me? You get to proclaim the message of reconciliation that in Christ, God forgives all sins. Friends, this is what our lives are to speak of. We are Christ's ambassadors to the people closest to us everyone. Why should you? That's a fair question to ask. Why should you be an ambassador for Christ? I could give you a whole bunch of reasons. Let me just give you three this morning to keep it brief. Try to, for a moment, this is hard to do, but try for a moment to imagine if you didn't know Christ. If you didn't know the peace of forgiveness when you sinned. If you didn't know if God was angry at you or happy with you. If you didn't know if he loves you or if he's just looking to punish you. If you didn't know what happens after the grave. And, and, and your life was just a, a working and a working and a working to try to get to that afterlife, that, that good place. Try to imagine, if you can, for just a moment, what life must feel like, if that's the case. Scary, if you ask me. Uncertain, hopeless, despair. I, I think 
for so many of us who have, who have grown up knowing this, who from the first words we could speak, you know, said, you know, saying Jesus loves me, this I know. Who have known this grace of God all of our lives, it's so easy to begin to take it for granted. Think about that. There are those in your life who don't know the grace of God, who don't have that peace that you have. That's one reason why you should. Second one, let me, let me give you an analogy. Let's say your, your son asks, can I borrow the keys to the car, Dad? Can I use the car for the night? And, and you know that there's some faulty brakes on the car. Are you just going to hand your son the keys and think, well, hopefully it'll work out okay? Uh, or if uh, your house is on fire in the middle of the night, are you going to wake up your family, yell and scream, and go wake everybody up out of sleep? Or are you going to run out of the house and say, every man for himself? You laugh, but I mean, it's, yeah, of course you know what you would do. Or you come across a, a bridge that's out on the road, and, and all of a sudden you see this, these cars coming, speeding towards it. Are you just going to say, well, someone else will tell them, it's not my problem? Or are you going to yell and scream and get them to stop? I could come up with a hundred more analogies for you, but I hope you get the point. Because more dangerous than faulty brakes or a house fire or a bridge out are the fires of hell. Because they're eternal. Friends, if you would warn your son about faulty brakes, and you would warn complete strangers about a bridge out, how would we not, in love, proclaim how to be reconciled to God? That message of the gospel that takes someone from death to life, from hopelessness and despair to peace and hope and joy. That changes not just lives, but changes someone's eternity. How do we not do that? And the third reason why you should, if you need reasons this morning, God tells you to. <laughs> it can't be more clear what you have called to be. You are Christ's ambassador. It has been committed to you to proclaim the message of reconciliation. It's what your life is to speak of. It's who you are as a Christian. So what's holding you back? What's stopping you from doing it? What, what's going to get you from, yeah, I should think about that. I mean, you know, that, that's good advice. You know, what's going to take you from that actually being an ambassador for Christ? What's holding you back? What's stopping you? Is it apathy? I mean, really search your heart this morning. Has it just been a, I just don't care enough? It's not that important to me? If that's the case, repent. Repent. And then come back and immerse yourself in the means of grace. Come back to this word that is, proves to you God's love for you. Come back to this table and taste and touch God's love for you. 
Come back and be reminded over and over and over of God's prodigal love for you. Yes, you. But not just for you. For a whole world. And again, rekindle in you that flame that God has shown you that you have to show and to share with everyone. What's stopping you? What's, what's holding you back? Is it, is it opportunities? Well, if that's your excuse, I would challenge you on that one. Because maybe you're not looking hard enough into your life of who is it. And maybe it's not the unbeliever. Maybe it's a believer who's backsliding. Who's struggling in their faith. Who needs, again, to hear that message, be reconciled to God. There are people in your life. There are opportunities all over the place. But, but let's say, let's say, for instance, that there isn't anybody. Well, I've got another suggestion for you. There are opportunities right here through your church. Because as a church, we are called to proclaim the message of reconciliation. We are a whole gathering of ambassadors to Gilbert and beyond. And your church here is giving you many opportunities to be an ambassador, to be able to share that message of reconciliation. So if you're going to use the excuse, there's no one in my personal life that I have to share, well then join us in our mission here. And even if you do, join us too. Because there are many exciting opportunities that are coming up here very soon where we are taking this message and sharing it. So pray, how can I be involved? How can I help carry this message of reconciliation from this building to this neighborhood, to this community, to this valley? What's holding you back? What's stopping you? If it's not apathy and it's not opportunity, maybe it's fear. And I get that one. I do. It's not easy, is it? It's not easy, especially with someone close to you, who maybe you've got to live with every day, to, to, in love, lead them to repentance. It can be hard to do. It can be hard with the neighbor, too. To how, do you, how do you do that? How do you have that conversation with that atheist or Mormon neighbor? Right? Or that coworker who wants to know more? Where do we even start? I don't know how to do that. That can be scary. I get it. But that can't be an excuse either. Because you know. You know the message of reconciliation. It's not something you don't know. And to get over that fear, your church is here for that too. One of our purposes here is to encourage you and to equip you and to train you how to be an ambassador, how to share this message of reconciliation. And you hear me talk about this over and over and over, but we have these five annual workshops about sharing your faith. Next one's coming up in November, in your news bulletin. We are here to encourage you and to equip you how to have these conversations, how to proclaim the message of reconciliation, how to be an ambassador for Christ. So you can't use that as an excuse either. There can be nothing to stop us. That needs to be shared. That we can't help but share when we know 
this prodigal love of our God ourselves. Friends, your life speaks. It does. And this morning, I, I really want you to take some time and consider, what is my life speaking of? What is it showing the world around me and the people in my life that's important to me and valuable to me? And I pray, and I hope as a, as a Christian, that your life speaks more than just career. Or leisure. Or any earthly things at all. I hope and pray that as Christians, we desire that our lives speak the message of reconciliation. To live it, to know it ourselves, and to speak it. Friends, this is the high calling that we are given. God wants to use us. Yes, us. The holy God wants to employ you, you, to be his ambassador. To know that love more and more and more. And then to go. And to live in that love. And share that love. God, give you the strength to do it. Amen. Please stand.